Use thy voice, Sarah. Fill the sky. Bring the little brats to die. <laughs> Another glorious evening at the Is It Really podcast makes me sick. I'm Brandon Sharp, and I smell children. I'm Thackeray Smith Michaels, and I don't listen. And I'm Mitch, aka Ice. Tonight we're lighting the black flame candle and asking, how does Hocus Pocus put a spell on us? Mitch, why don't you give us the synopsis for Hocus Pocus? Here we go! Max Dennison is a California laid-back tie-dye kind of guy who doesn't believe in witches until he moves to Salem and accidentally unleashes a coven of them in his new hometown. Now, with the help of the magical cat Binks, his little sister Danny, and Allison, the girl whose yabos he likes, the kids have to stop the Sanderson sisters before they find their book, brew the potion, and suck the lies out of the children of Salem? Otherwise it's curtains! Dost thou comprehend? Is I Put a Spell on You, also known as the best seasonal song ever? Yeah, the, yeah, the answer is yes, obviously, of course it is. I can't even remember the first time I heard the song. It has just always been in my heart. But it's it's one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time, made oh, perfect oh, wow. by Bette Midler's presence. So, Well, I'm going to say no, because this was in the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer. Uh, no, that's not the reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say since we're talking about <laughs> since we're talking about other <laughs> seasonal films, I'm going to say Christmas time is here from a Charlie Brown Christmas is uh, that's an excellent choice. The best. Eh, it's fine. Eh, it's OK. Is <laughs> <laughs> a little little snoozy for you, Mitch. Yeah, it is a little snoozy. I mean, if we're talking Christmas, give me Mariah Carey. You no, know, thank give you. me, <laughs> yeah, give me all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> Christmas time is here. Yeah, it makes me want to like eat some ham and go to sleep. Yeah, eat some ham. That's like <laughs> no, what I want to no, do in my life. So anything that's enabling me to live that lifestyle, I'm interested in. Oh, man. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? I am a lover. Of you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah. I think it's a classic, and I think it is absolutely a fixture around the holiday season. Which version are you talking about? The um, the original with, I don't know the guy's name. I actually have Boris the vinyl. Karloff? But yes, Boris Karloff. Yes, thank you. That's yeah. Boris Karloff in the original? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. That gives it Halloween points a little bit, too, because, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so it's double um, double holiday. First, I'd love to know how you're doling out points. What, <laughs> if they're scary, what, what's it's, your criteria? It's Halloween. Yeah, six spooky points and eight holy points. Gotcha. Um, I would also like to bring up for Halloween. I just watched The Nightmare Before Christmas before we started recording. Yeah, this is Halloween. Yes, is that's such that's a, a banger. It's, it's so, so good. fun and it's so big and crazy and sets the tone for the movie for the most part. But yeah. I that's one I really love. I mean, when Halloween time comes around, I do think to myself, everybody scream like it's <laughs> it's just stuck in your it's stuck in your head. Right. But I want to take you in a little time machine. All right. Close your eyes. Yes. Think back to before Bette Midler was a guest judge on The Voice. Before she was a problematic Twitter account in the days of the Rose, Beaches, Gypsy, 
the hottest commodity of the 80s and early 90s. Michael Eisner snatched her up, brought her to Disney, and charmed a room full of parents to dance until they died. I don't think Brandon closed his eyes at all. <laughs> I don't think he's following the rules. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, it's one of the most iconic songs. I mean, like, I put a spell on you, the Scream Jayhawks, he used to, like, climb out of a coffin, and there were flames when he would perform that song. Like, it was a song written to, like, scare white people in the 50s, uh, and Bette Midler <laughs> brought it to a whole new generation. I think it's a great, great song. Sure. Okay. Uh, you don't need Bette Midler to scare white people. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> They're the least scared. But honestly, when I hear when I hear Bette Midler on Hocus Pocus a couple different times, all I can think about is that annoying pampered dog from Oliver and Company, Georgette. You guys follow? You guys follow along I don't, there? I is, don't know. Is that, I don't remember is Oliver that, and that, that is Bette Midler. Yeah. The one who sings the, girl, we've got work to do. Yes. Pass me the that, paint and glue. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Zachary. All of you at home, Zach is doing the most wonderful like face as he's singing that. <laughs> like curving his neck like a fancy Ugh. dog. Can I toss one more in there for best holiday song? Thriller. Thriller is great. That's like the quintessential Halloween song for me. Look, I have no Halloween traditions. It is not Halloween unless we hear Thriller. Yeah, it's like that spoken word narration. I don't know. Right. That's Who that's does? Michael Jackson at his peak. Is that a Vincent Price doing the spoken word on Thriller? Yeah, I think that's Vincent Price. I think John Landis did the video. Quincy Jones yep. did the music. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, some people I've heard of. They're OK. <laughs> All right. I think Thriller, though, really is one of the first times they stepped up the music video game and made like a full production. It's it's definitely something special. Right. Yeah. When I was a kid, like I thought that was the first music video that w was ever created. <laughs> I feel like someone told me that and I was like, OK, that makes sense. And in some ways it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the first iconic ones, probably. Right. The song Video Killed the Radio Star was about Thriller. Right. Is what I've what I've heard. Because, gotcha, you know, gotcha. I'm making that up. I'm kidding. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, I would have believed you. So you can't. That say was believable. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was that like, was that believable. makes a lot of sense. Huh? Wow. It does. Winifred Sanderson. Eh? I will ask thee one final time. Yes? What hast thou done with my son, Thackeray? Thackeray. Mm. Answer me! Well, I don't know. God's got my tongue. <laughs> this is terribly uncomfortable. Sisters? Sing. Ah! Uh, I silent Mercury, you're a fire, spit upon the twelve Don't table. listen! Over your ears! Listen to them not! Fools! All of you! My ungodly book speaks to you when all Hallow's Eve and the moon is around. A virgin will summon us from under the ground. <laughs> we shall be back! And the lives of all the children shall be mine! Yeah! 
is it possible to even imagine a movie trio as perfect as the Sanderson sisters? <laughs> yes. Of course not. This is a rhetorical question. Of course not. Of course it is. <laughs> the three stooges ever hear of them? Garbage compared to the Sandersons. Oh, okay. don't care for them. Um, oh, man. The answer is yes. Uh, all right. Toss someone out. Three little words. Harry, Ron, Hermione. Get out of here. Game, set, match. If you removed Ron from the trio, I could not <laughs> care less. Oh, no one's there to ask stupid questions. What are we going to do? Oh, That's you don't feel that way. I, I do know feel that don't. way. No, I do. I don't, don't like Ron. I don't like you... Ron. He doesn't deserve Hermione. We're going to have to talk about this on the Harry Potter yes. episode. I, I have he's a lot a, to say about that. He is a bumbling. A he is a bumbling buffoon. I do not like Ron. You're not a fan. <laughs> You don't like every character. You Harry don't. Potter. <laughs> um, I will say yes, any trio, but I'll I'll narrow it down to to three three Get nuns, out. three saints, maybe, and that's Sister Mary Lazarus, Sister Mary Patrick, and Sister Mary Roberts from uh, Whoopi Goldberg's magnum opus, Sister Act. Oh my gosh. So many problems. First of all, if you just said those names and not said Sister Act, I would have been, who? I'm sorry. Who are you talking about? There's Excuse no me, way. Sister Mary Lazarus? Nah, yeah. I don't, re I don't remember. <laughs> Sister Act is not burned into my brain because it was a so-so movie not? from the 90s. It was fine. <laughs> and Kathy and Jimmy is in both of these and she's way better in Hocus Pocus. Oh, I disagree. Uh, all right, I let's disagree. let's put them up blow for blow. In Sister Act, is she part hound dog? Yes or no? No. In yes Hocus or Pocus, no? I just said no. In Sister <laughs> Act, does she sing an octave higher than everybody else, leading to hilarity between she and Whoopi Goldberg? Does that happen in Hocus Pocus? That doesn't happen in Hocus Pocus. Okay. But in Sister Act, does she sing and do really funny things with her mouth that are hysterical to watch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in hocus pocus does she walk into a bar dressed as a nun and dance with the patrons oh gosh i i'm glad that doesn't happen in hocus pocus i don't i don't care for it it seems like I... it would fit better in hocus pocus than in sister act I'm not here's my thing i just feel like so much care and thought went into the characterizations of the Sanderson sisters. I really do feel this way. I really do feel this way. Like when you watch, I rewatched it uh, recently and uh, just like taking note of like how Sarah like lays down on the broom and hugs it versus like Kathy and Jimmy who like just thrusts it like in between her legs because she's like less tactful. It's those little differences like Sarah Jessica Parker. She's like a golden retriever. She's just not able to focus on anything for more than 30 seconds at a time. So, so different from Bette Midler, the divine one who is just like playing okay. to the back row and chewing this. She came to do two things, chew the scenery and charm us all. And she's all out of scenery to chew. She's not chewing the scenery. She's feasting on <laughs> the scenery. The scenery yes, she is, is a very tough steak that she's just. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. She's playing to the back row. Uh, and that's why she's that's why she's Ben Midler. Even the way she sings book like book. Like if I saw that in, in a script, I would probably be like book. Oh, that's that, why oh, she's that would have been so much better, Mitch. Oh, I would have loved that. Ooh. That's why she's Ben Midler, because it's so just theatrical. It really this over the top thing. Like it reminds me of like the Robin Williams is and the Jim Carrey's who like they they walk that line of like hammy and theatrical. And I, I love it. See, I'm going to say something that's going to make you mad. I needed the dial 
pulled back like six notches. I found her performance to be not very dynamic because it was always at that level of just it's always at 11. And there was sometimes I was like, I feel like I need an eight right about now. I'm a little exhausted. It's it's getting annoying. Nah, I disagree. I mean, those moments where she's like, well, it really hurt my feelings. Like she takes it down uh, and then she punches it back up. And I, I think I really want a kid on toast. Like it's the it's the juxtaposition, the contrast that makes it great. I don't agree. <laughs> I do not. There was no moment in this movie with the sisters that I enjoyed. That's bananas, but you're entitled to that bananas wow. opinion. That's that's fine. Brandon, why don't you talk about this movie? <laughs> I think you're following this sword. This scene specifically, one thing that strikes me is just how dark it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. And like just oh, yeah. tonally, it really takes me out of it there for a minute because we're seeing you know, a girl uh, having the Dementor's Kiss performed on her. And then she's just kind of <laughs> hanging out in the background. And then, you know, the three witches are hanged. Thackeray Binks is turned into a cat and forced to watch his sister die. Thinking about this scene, and, and honestly, when I first started watching it, this was my first watch through, it was, uh, I was a little nervous. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to enjoy this movie at all. And then when they kind of came to present time, it became more watchable for me. Um, I, I think that's what I like about it most, because I feel like kids movies today, like it's it's just like various grades of beige to me. It's like kind of cutesy and kind of oh, there's kind of a conflict. Saccharine. Yeah, it's very saccharine where like the, the older movies, like I'm thinking of like Monster Squad and Goonies and Hocus Pocus, where uh, the, these movies have violence in them and they have uh, dark moments and that makes it more rich. Like it's like deeper dark colors and brighter bright colors you just named three movies that i i really do not like but what we won't focus on that i the question was it uh, sounds like zach doesn't like children's films <laughs> no well here's and i have the same issue with goonies he likes one the what I said he likes one. I don't There's like, one he likes. Yeah, Mighty Ducks. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe Heavyweights. Um, no, um, yeah, Goonies, when I watched it for the first time, I, I just looked at my, at my buddy and I said, are these kids going to scream throughout the whole movie? And he goes, yep. And I was like, oh, I, I've seen enough. Thank you. Uh, oh but the God. question was, Get name a better here. trio. I can name a Get, worse trio. And that's Danny, Allison, and Max. Well, they're not a trio, but I, <laughs> I guess I'm vibing with you. I think Max and uh, Allison super bland in the movie. Yeah. I, I don't care for them. Danny, I, I think, is but distinct. Is Danny the most annoying movie sister of all time? Possibly. Possibly. Yes, I'm, possibly. I thought DW is, for a second, but she's just on TV. <laughs> and she's an aardvark, so give her a break. That's that's going fringy, I think. Is it not for our generation? Yeah, Arthur um, was. Just, Arthur was. I just feel like maybe for this, maybe for this podcast, it's yeah. a little fringy. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I was like, is Danny just like really obtuse, or is she like conniving? Like, does she know she's not supposed to tell this Allison girl? Like, yeah, Max likes yabos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think she's just old enough. Like she's getting precocious, right? She knows okay. she's doing something wrong, right? She's she's doing something wrong. I feel like she is at a perfect age to be like actually dangerous as a little sister to like your friends and your potential girlfriend. You know, she knows just enough about like 
teen culture and things she shouldn't say to where she could like actually embarrass you right or yes. humiliate you even right i could not speaking of female characters i could not believe how useless the character of allison was in this story in retrospect it's like she's just there to be a romantic interest for max yes. and that's i agree with it. that i agree with that yeah, yeah, she she doesn't do anything. Yeah, I was like, this is her town. This is her area. She should have some insight, maybe. But she has absolutely nothing to offer. She's just there to be the girl in the classroom who says, um, actually, it's all Hallows Eve. That's the one <laughs> moment I remember from her. Yeah. And I uh, thought to myself, if you go to a school where they call Halloween all Hallows Eve, you're in a cult. Yeah, you need to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, another <laughs> thing that I noticed is Max Dennison talks like a 24 year old man when they're like so, so you're from you're from hollywood right and he goes yeah what do you think oh i appreciate the leaves changing colors and the architecture and the landscape my room has a good feng shui to it but and then sometimes there was him trying to be but i just want to ride my bike man and look at girls I felt like he was doing an Ethan Hawke impression from <laughs> Heathers. Well, just in case Jimi Hendrix shows up tonight, uh, here's my number. Our love is God. Let's get a slushy. Like the, the voice he's doing. I don't know. It, it was very Ethan Hawke-esque to me. I want to circle back to Danny because I think she's very good in this movie. There's a lot of she's annoying, but there's a lot of different like sides we see to her. Like when Binks is killed, she's devastated and she does the little girl devastation thing very well. At the party, she does the snotty little kid thing very well. I feel like we see a lot of different sides to her. And I know Thor Birch went on to do like other big movies like American Beauty. Always going to be Danny to me. I really think she's actually giving a lot of like layers in this performance or at least like different shades, though she's yep. super annoying. Brandon, you're the only one of us who had younger siblings. What would you say about Danny? Yeah, I'd say she's she's an anomaly. Siblings aren't usually that annoying. I feel like <laughs> at least at, at least in my experience, mine were pretty great. I think there was like it's all fun and games when you're at home. Like sure. absolutely, there's no yes. there's no rules. You yes. can do whatever you want. But when you're out in public mm -hmm. and potentially around one of your siblings' friends, you don't just purposefully try to <laughs> drag them through the mud. Right. And you don't Try to drag them into a fight. Into your with, fights. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are the least intimidating bullies ever, but still. Yeah. Right. My brother's here. Max. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, want, I wanted to throttle her. It drove me crazy. And I realized this is a young little child, so I, I take that back, yep. uh, podcast <laughs> listeners. I take it back. As soon as I said it, I was like, no. But it's, it's, it's just like she does. She throws Max under the bus so many times. And Absolutely. Like, yeah. Poor Max. Speaking of poor Max. Is Max an idiot? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, speaking of poor Max, why do they keep dunking on him for being a virgin? And that, too, this movie? every time they did that in the movie, like the first time I was like, maybe that's just a bit of writing that didn't make it out of one of the drafts. And they said, oh, that's in the movie. It's fine. But then they kept bringing it up. I was like, he's like a 15 year old boy. No, it's literally <laughs> leave him alone. Also, like knights had swords. Max in this movie has a Zippo lighter that he keeps brandishing for some reason. I don't get why he thinks it's so. I don't know. I just feel like he's always lighting a Zippo in front of Allison. It's cool. Smoking's cool. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> for all our young listeners, don't listen to him. <laughs> Does 
Hocus Pocus stack up to other kids Halloween movies? So right before we recorded tonight, I, I rewatched Nightmare Before Christmas, like I was saying earlier, to, to refresh myself. And I've I've realized I think that the animation and the songs are better than the movie. Like, I think that the movie has a cool premise and a pretty good idea, but it's about the animation and it's about the Danny Elfman score. That's the stuff that's best in that movie. And I feel similar to that movie as I do to the movie Up where I think a lot of people confuse the first 10 minutes of Up with the whole movie. I feel that way about Nightmare Before Christmas a little bit. Yeah, I would agree mm. with that. Yeah, yeah. I think a movie like Nightmare Before Christmas isn't really a kid's movie as much as a Tim Burton movie. Sure, like, it's sure. dark and creepy, but it's not something that I want to show my children. And Hocus Pocus is more in the Halloween Town camp. It's in the Double Double Boil in Trouble Mary-Kate and Ashley movie camp. Like, it's, it's in that... <laughs> Uh, like these, if you don't know these movies I'm talking about, by the way, go do your homework because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the OG Disney movies and that united families in the nineties. What do you guys think about E.T.? Well, I love it. It's like one of my favorite movies. Why? As a Halloween movie. No, not at all. Mm. Okay. No, it's not a no. holiday movie. Because no. Because the best scene of the movie happens on Halloween. Nah, let's not get into this debate. Die Hard, is it a Christmas? No, 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 I'm not not saying that, I'm not saying that, right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm saying that's kind of where all the biggest moments happen on Halloween in that movie, but I would also say, that's why I asked. What's the movie with the the big bunny, Jake Gyllenhaal and the big bunny? Oh, Donnie Darko? Donnie Darko. That takes place at Halloween, right? But it's not, yeah, yeah, I mean, some of it, it's like the fall, right? I guess. Yeah. 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 But that's what I mean. Like there are movies that take place around Halloween and there are Halloween movies. And I think that's the strength of Hocus Pocus more so even than other Halloween movies you can name. Like I feel like it just has every Halloweeny thing like curses, spells, cobwebs, trick or treat, Salem witch trials, cauldrons, graveyard, zombies, black cats, everything Uh, you can think of that's Halloween. It's right right there. So it just gets you in the mood. I think what's great about holiday movies is it really has to do with what you watched when you were growing up. Yes. And a movie that may have nothing to do with that specific holiday could be a Halloween movie to you. You know, it could be a Christmas movie to you. And and that honestly, and that's the only reason like, you know, Mitch, this is one of your favorite movies. It's because you watched it when you grew up. You know, this is a Halloween movie to you and you love it because you watched it when you grew up. I really feel like nostalgia plays a big role. Right. Here's my thing. Here's my thing, though. Like a movie like Space Jam is totally dependent on your nostalgia, like you're saying, right? I think Hocus Pocus is actually a good movie. Like it's not like Space Jam. I think it is actually a good movie. It's well-crafted. But there is a reluctance to embrace it as a well-crafted movie if you come at it uh, from an adult framework and you're not willing to embrace its campiness, to embrace its silliness, its fun, right? Like the audience is children, but it doesn't mean that it's not a well-crafted kids movie. Like Space Jam is not a well-crafted kids movie. It's a fun, nostalgic movie. Mm. This is a well-crafted kids movie. And it's Uh, the truth. That, That is the truth. It is a good movie that... Adults, and I'm just going to be real, like adult men on the Internet, like do not care for it because they're watching it as adults. When I sat down to watch this movie for the first time, I tried to kind of like set my brain at, OK, I, I know this is 90s movie and I watched it like I would watch a Disney Channel movie like, OK, like this is going to be really silly and probably low production value. And it just I really just could not 
get into the movie. And it wasn't, I didn't go in going, what's the Rotten Tomatoes on this? I walked in saying, I'm going to try to have the best time that I can. I want to be entertained. I want to have fun. I want to have a good time for an hour and a half. And I just did not have a good time because <laughs> the, the, again, like those it's a little perf- misleading phrasing. And the, I just did not, not have, have a good, a good time. time because, because I was serious. Those, I guess I've always been dead inside a little bit, but even as a kid, I, I didn't like performances where it was a lot of yelling and screaming and uh. people falling down the stairs. That's never been my cup of tea. But if you like that, and a lot of kids do, I'm not saying that like all kids were like me. If that's what you like, people falling down the stairs and farting and getting pie thrown in their face, which I'm not trying to be dismissive. That's I know it sounds like that. That's not what this movie is. Yes, it that, is. That, that is. There's not a mummy who keeps getting his head knocked off for no reason. Yeah, that's different from like a fart joke and falling down the stairs. Like it's it's about the, the Sanderson sisters. It's about how they play off each other and let's form a calming circle and how they grunt when they walk in unison. Like Kenny Ortega, as much as I want to dunk on the high school musical movies and Xanadu uh, and other pieces of garbage that he's been attached to, he really did, I think, bring a musicality to this. Uh, Like it's, if you watch this movie, it's choreographed like almost as much as a movie like Baby Driver. Like there really is, they time out things with the music. There's a, a theatricality to every scene, which I think is really affecting. I think it works. And I am, yeah, I'm talking about the oeuvre of Kenny Ortega, Disney's greatest auteur. So that alone should be enough. (laughs) I grew up, the Peanuts characters mean a lot to me. So I think for me as a kid, that's more what I was interested in was Mm kind of quieter stories. And even now, like those are the movies that I like. I like, you know, quieter indie films for the most part. That's what I tend to gravitate towards. I watched uh, Sing for the first time with my little niece who's four years old. And if I were watching that at home, I would just not be interested. And I would have been picking apart issues and this isn't that great. But she was having so much fun and singing and dancing along, having a great time. So I feel similar. Like if I were watching this with my niece and she was loving it, I would probably enjoy, you know, how much fun she's having. And I'd be able to kind of find the silver lining, but kind of like you were saying, Mitch, as a 26 year old guy who's sitting alone in my apartment watching Hocus Pocus, it's just I don't think it's going to hit those same beats. And I don't think that that's the movie's intention. Yeah, I just I want to be clear, like I'm not saying you're a bad person if you don't like Hocus Pocus. I know. But what I'm saying is like this movie is a cult classic. It is gaining popularity as the years go on. And like two years ago, Disney opened up a a new at the theme park, like a Hocus Pocus thing, like a performance review, because it has never been as popular as it is today. Sure. So it's not like it was uh, if you're a child of the 90s only. Right. right. You like Hocus Pocus, like it is universally loved by kids uh, to this day. So, I mean, if you are showing your kids that movie. Right, right, right. So, so, yeah, I, I think it is a really effective kids movie if you are open to that. Sure. Yeah. And there are some movies that people like and I go. I don't understand that or I find that movie problematic and really, really bad. And that movie's existence makes me angry. This is not one of those. This is a movie that really got on my nerves and grinded my gears. But it's not one that when I see people talking about it, I'm going to go, I didn't like it. This is one I'm happy to just keep my mouth shut, except for when I'm on this podcast. 
and just let people enjoy this one. <laughs> Aside from the fact that I just did not enjoy it and it's not the type of movie that I like, it's it's hard for me to, to knock it because it's just trying to be fun and have a good time. Who is the audience for this movie? It's campy, it's fun. Is that what makes this movie so charming? Yeah, I think so. It's it's campy. It's fun. It's Disney is maybe like the third thing I would say. Right. And Disney movies typically are uh, over the top kind of movies. Like I, I think about the characters of like Jay and Ice who are walking <laughs> 90s stereotypes of the bullies, least right? intimidating bullies ever. Yeah. But they're like, hey, where's my where's my smokes? Where's my gash? Like they're li- they're walking stereotypes. But they lean into it like they don't half, you know, they don't go halfway. They really lean in. Same thing I've been saying about Bette Midler, like she is playing to the back of the room uh, and because they commit and they're over the top to me anyway, I think it works because that's what Disney is. It's not typically about subtlety. It's about making the, the characters very distinct and very clear. So its audience understands what's going on. Right. It's a movie for the whole family. You need it so that the kids can have a good time and laugh. And then when it gets too scary, they can kind of run and, you know, their parents are there to be with them. I think it kind of if you have the whole family together, it has something for everybody. Yeah. And then when you're getting bored as an adult, Penny and Gary Marshall are there for some reason. You're like, oh, hi. (laughs) I remember remember you two. One of the things that I would like to bring up that I think is a legitimate issue with the movie, and this is not coming from a lens of comedy. I think that this movie has a main character problem. Okay, so how so? So I. I think the challenge is you would say you would want to say that the Sanderson sisters are the lead characters of the movie, maybe, but they're kind of the main antagonist. And, you know, Max as a lead character is a little dry. And I was thinking about about the movie today and I thought, what would make this movie more interesting to me? And it kind of jumped out to me. I think that and this is going to sound like I'm crazy, but I think Thackeray should have been the main character like it should have been his story well jason marson is great so i don't hate what you're laying down right. ducktales max goof wonderful all right keep going well because i think there's that scene boy meets world full house boy meets world full house <laughs> there's that scene where um i forget what the witches say but when they curse him they say you're gonna live with the guilt of what happened to your sister for the rest of your life and yes. i and i remember thinking like oh this could be a really like cool message for kids about because I was thinking uh, kids have a hard time dealing with guilt. I think everybody has a hard time dealing with. Yeah, guilt. Yeah, they came out a little bit funny. Living yeah. with the guilt of the death of your sister is a great message right. for well, no, children. I'm just saying, I think, I think living with guilt in general is something that not just children have a hard time with, but everybody does. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. if this was a movie about overcoming your guilt and kind of living with your mistakes and moving on like The Lion King a little bit, I think that this movie would have been stronger because I realize at the end there's kind of no real message, which you have movies like Space Jam where that's fine. It, the movie can just be fun and a good time and that's OK. But Hocus Pocus, I feel like they have an opportunity to really kind of say something and they don't go for it, which is OK. But I feel like it's set up to do that. I disagree. I think if you leaned more into the moralizing, it would feel not like a fun Halloween movie. It's going to feel like I'm doing a little sermon for kids and that's not what I want. I want it to be fun. 
I do think the themes come across pretty clearly. Like it's about family. It's about valuing your family, protecting your family. Like I wrote when I was watching it, don't let your sister get killed is the main uh, thrust of the movie. So uh, I do think it's about valuing your, your family. Like the Sanderson's, they value each other. And when they're working together, things go well. At the end, when Bette goes off on her own and just wants to kill Danny, because she calls her ugly, then things start to go askew. It's all about Max protecting Danny, and it's all about Thackeray not being able to protect uh, his sister, so he has to protect this new bunch of friends now. So I think that theme is pretty clear. I get pretty emotional at the end of the movie every time. I thought that was the best uh, part. Yeah, because it's it's his arc is finished. He's being rewarded for, you know, he's finally kind of finished his quest and he's reunited with his family. So it's it is moving. And he gets to go to ghost heaven, which is cool, too. I just felt mm. like if we had. Spent maybe more significant time with his character, that ending could have been even better. Eh, maybe. I'm not sure. I also <laughs> didn't realize until I watched the movie this time that Thackeray Banks is like my immortal. Like he's going to just keep living past the end of the earth <laughs> unless he's able to kill these witches. <laughs> so it actually it's kind of a funny premise for for a movie yeah well hocus pocus is a kids movie that alludes to sexuality and celebrates witchcraft do you think it's too dark to be a kids movie the witchcraft stuff didn't bug me that much the sexuality, however, like we've said, where they keep calling him out for being a virgin and Sarah Jessica Parker keeps talking about hang those boys up and <laughs> the bus driver scene. I had to, like, go in the other room, the scene where the guy pretends to be a cop and he's like giving Max a hard time because he's a virgin. I, this must have really, like, tickled one of the producers funny bones on set. And he was like, oh, you gotta keep doing that. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm with you for a kids movie. To be blunt, it's it's a little bit horny. Like there's just a lot. There's a lot of that. Like the creepy devil who invites these women into his home. I'm like, what I pushed is that out going of my on? Brain. Yeah, like what are we watching right now? Where he's dancing with Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm like, am I still watching this fun kids movie? Right. Uh, it's just it's it's bizarre. I do like the the bus driver scene though. I think you're wrong. I think it's a great inclusion. <laughs> Whoa, bobble, bobble, toilet, trouble. It's so good. <laughs> Was that a little Christopher Walken there? <laughs> yeah, that's what he sounds like. That's what he sounds like. No, no, that dude is a creep, too. He's a perv. Uh, they say they're looking for children, and he says, Well, I can't do it on my first try, but uh, I'll get there. I'm like, yeah, right. yeah, Still yeah. a kid's movie we're watching? Still a kid's movie? Mm. It so, was yeah, shocking. I, I I agree. I don't care about the, the scary witch stuff at all. I think it's really fun. Yeah, it, it's the sexuality stuff. Right. Sarah Jessica Parker. Can we talk about her? It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Me too. I watched Hocus Pocus as a boy and I finished the movie as a man. Uh, <laughs> I, I really do. I feel like they they really sexualize that character. And sometimes the character is really funny to me. Like I mentioned earlier, she feels like a golden retriever, just kind of a twit. Uh, but then sometimes it's like a ditzy kind of like the pouty, sexy little kid thing. And I'm like yeah. this, I don't care for yeah. at all. No, no, no. Mm. Brandon, as the only parent on this uh, podcast. As the only parent, that's right. <laughs> Apparently, I get to speak on behalf of a lot of demographics. You do. <laughs> <laughs> You're representing but, America. Um, I, think, uh, I think I would have a hard time showing this movie to my child. Now, she's only three. 
You know, I yeah. guess I'm just thinking like, when would I be comfortable showing it to her? You know, yeah. and, and honestly, I'm having a hard time coming with that answer. Also, mm-hmm. I think if you look at the the roster of Disney classic animated movies, also, there's quite a bit of witchcraft and, you know, magic and voodoo and some. And I think there is a lot of like mystical elements to these movies. Somehow, though, they seem OK. And this doesn't quite seem okay to me. That opening scene is where I made a lot of my judgments about those questions in particular. Is it weird for you seeing the lifeless husk of a little child in the background shot of the yeah, first yeah. three minutes of the movie? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, well, a little bit. A little strange. I don't get what's weird about that. She just, she just kind of hung there in midair, like just, yeah. just gray and, and yeah. lifeless. Yeah, it's, it's unsettling. I think it's because it's more visceral. Like it's the witchcraft in other movies. It's very general. It's kind of just like squiggly lines uh, of animation where this is like it's the fat of a hanged man and the skin of a person covers the book. Like it's very, very graphic in some parts. So that's what I like about it. But I agree as a parent, I think that would be challenging uh, Mm -hmm. to find one's the right age. I want to wrap up. I have thoughts. Real Real boys, we should work together. together. Three of a kind. Birds of a feather. Now and forever. Name a trio that can hold a candle to this coven. Whoopie sister rack would trap them in a giant walk-in oven. No, not true. Those three stooges wouldn't make it to sunrise. When these songs would make, make those nuns dance, dance until they die. This, this is hocus pocus. Spinsters out to play. Amnesia bunions children cross them and there's heck to pay. So when's the right age to start viewing? Dead man's toes and cauldrons brewing. What's worse, skin-covered books? Or Sarah playing with boys on hooks? (laughs) Not to mention Thora Birch is the most annoying sister ever. Please stop talking about Yabosi's version jokes. Aren't that clever? Almost forgot Allison. Just kidding, there's nothing to say. And Jay and I start stereotypes, but at least their acting's not halfway. This is Hocus Pocus, Sean and ABC. Double, double toil and trouble, fun for the family. Because Brian and Zach and Mitch are the nicest guys around. But if you don't like this movie, then I get out of town. Kathy and Jimmy is one great hound dog. And rides a vacuum like no other. We'll form a calming circle. circle. The hate is crying nostalgia, mother. Each actor is so different, and they play their parts with pride. 
bit, Mittler chews the scenery while Doug Jones just makes us smile. I wish that Thackeray got more screen time. Jason Marsden's great in the meantime. Way beast! This may be shot like Disney planned to send this straight to DVD. But over the years, it's come back from the grave. Don't believe us? Check the memes. Don't forget, before Ken Ortega made Mills off Efron singing and dancing. He put a spell on kids and parents. Master's great at his enchanting. This is Hocus Pocus. Halloween's begun. Zombies, black hats, cobblers, all you need for spooky fun. This is Hocus Pocus. Try to remain calm. Grab your lucky rat and join our witching song. This is Hocus Pocus. Aging like fine wine. You watch it while it's cast a spell and now you all are mine. <laughs> Well, Hocus Pocus is a kids' movie that alludes to sexuality mm. and, celeb- and celebrates Ooh, I witchcraft. That I take that yeah, back. Yes. Can you read it one more time without the... Mm? <laughs> oh, man. That's so dirty. <laughs> well, that was scary. Thank you for listening to our episode on Hocus Pocus. If you'd like to speak with us about the matter further, why don't you head over to our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We can be found at the Is It Really Podcast. And don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're up to it, please give us a review and a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. And also... It's Halloween, so stay tuned for a lot more when it comes to horror. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.